Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app at Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, what do Howard Lauber, the chairman of the real estate brokerage firm Douglas Elliman, Steve Roth, the head of Vornado Realty Trust, and also Steve Feinberg, co-founder of Cerberus Capital Management, have in common? They've joined the team, the economic team of Republican candidate Donald Trump. We've got more details coming up. Right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for details about business news. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Pim Fox. Uh, looking at stocks, we have got 29 minutes to go ahead of the close here on a Friday. On track for a record on the S&P and for NASDAQ right now. Stocks close to the highs of the day. S&P 500 index up 16, a gain of nine tenths, uh, eight tenths of 1% right now. NASDAQ is up 1.1%. Dow Industrials up by nine tenths of 1%. NASDAQ Composite Index trading above its record close for the first time in a year, putting it on the verge of joining the S&P at a record. Mohamed El Arian is a Bloomberg View columnist and the chief economic advisor to Allianz. And on Bloomberg Television and Radio this morning, he was talking about today's jobs numbers. And we asked him why the Fed won't be moving as many times as anticipated at the start of the year. Because of the global economy, that is what's holding them back. And that's what also has depressed expectations within the market of, of rate hikes. Although at 22% for September, I think that's still too low. I would put it at 40 45%. And the Labor Department said the unemployment rate remained steady at 4.9% as more Americans came off the sidelines to join the workforce. Two people with knowledge of the matter say Citigroup, the U.S. bank with the most derivatives, purchased a portfolio of credit default swaps from retreating rival Credit Suisse Group. S&P 500 index up 17 now to 2181, a gain of eight tenths of one percent. Nasdaq up 54, a gain of 1.1 percent. Dow Industrials up 175 points, a gain there of one percent. The 10 year down 25 30 seconds, the yield 1.58 percent. Gold down 1.8 percent to 1338 the ounce. 332 on Wall Street. Now a look at the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by Blue Jeans Enterprise Video Cloud. See faces, emotions, energy, see the people. Your team's video from any device. Start a free 30-day trial at bluejeans.com and click the radio mic. Blue Jeans, work smarter, connect better. Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump is expected to endorse House Speaker Paul Ryan. Fox News, citing two unidentified Republicans, says it will happen tonight in Wisconsin. In an interview with WTMJ in Milwaukee today, Ryan said his number one goal is to keep Congress in the hands of Republicans. My primary job as Speaker of the House is to protect the Republican majority. If we lose our majority and Republicans switch from a Republican majority to a House majority, that means we're losing everything across the country. That means Hillary Clinton comes in with a government that looks like what Barack Obama had when he, in his first two years. Speaking to a meeting of black and Latino journalists in Washington today, Democratic presidential nominee Hillary Clinton says she knows she has work to do to win over Americans' trust. She blames some of her low approval ratings on Republican attacks. Florida Democratic Senator Bill Nelson is urging Senate Republicans to reconvene and pass an emergency spending bill to combat the Zika virus. This is uh, government 
inaction that is the height of irresponsibility. A prominent real estate executive is throwing his hat in the ring for the New York City mayoral race. Republican Paul Massey has announced his candidacy to challenge Mayor Bill de Blasio in next year's election. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider, and this is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping stocks higher with the S&P 500 index up 8 tenths of 1%. Dow Industrials now up 178 points, a gain of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Hillary Clinton holds a four-point lead over Donald Trump in Georgia. Now, Georgia hasn't voted for a Democratic presidential nominee in about a quarter of a century. This is all according to results from an Atlanta Journal-Constitution poll that was released today. Also released today, details of Donald Trump's economic team. Here to tell us more is Mark Halpern. He is co-host of With All Due Respect. He's also co-managing editor of Bloomberg Politics. With all due respect, can be seen weeknights at 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. Mark, thanks for being here. Tell us about uh, the economic team that Donald Trump has assembled. Well, it's a it's a diverse group in terms of their professional backgrounds. A little surprising, it's not diverse in terms of gender or race. It's all white men. And uh, it's a lot of people who have been associated with Donald Trump, I'd say, uh, they they run more towards protectionists rather than free traders, which is, of course, a big economic issue for the country and one where Donald Trump has challenged the party's orthodoxy. And uh, you've got some former government officials, a lot of people in the private sector, finance, as well as uh, manufacturing. And I don't think it does anything to really tell us much more about Donald Trump's economic orientation than we knew before which is to say he is in some ways a classic center-right Republican, in other ways iconoclastic, again, particularly on trade. Some names include John Paulson, the hedge fund manager, Steve Feinberg, the co-founder of Cerberus Capital Management, Tom Barrick of Colony Capital, in addition, Steve Roth, the head of Vornado Realty Trust, and uh, Howard Lauber, the chairman of the real estate brokerage firm Douglas Elliman. Do they have the expertise that the Republican Party needs to govern or to tackle the issue of the U.S. economy? Well, you know, one of the big mysteries when you've got a candidate like Donald Trump with no government experience is what kind of people he'd actually bring into the government. Uh, he's not been very specific about that. Uh, the ones you listed are heavy on people from the service sector, finance and real estate, um, as opposed to manufacturing, although there are some manufacturers on there. I think that that uh, I have very little doubt that if Donald Trump won, that he would draw more heavily from the private sector, the kind of deal-making, uh, non-governmental people who he's touted rather than what most presidents do, which is bring in people from past administrations. There'd be some of that, but I think almost certainly less of that than you'd see normally and less than Hillary Clinton would do. Michael Morell. Michael Morell is the former acting Central Intelligence Agency director. And in an op-ed piece published in the New York Times, he had some harsh words for Donald Trump. Is this what we can expect from former government officials from now until the end of the election? You will certainly see more of this. Morrell is very well respected, has served presidents of both parties, a career intelligence officer. Uh, but 
a part of the establishment. Now, he was Hillary Clinton's colleague when she was Secretary of State, so he's got firsthand experience with her. But it is not an uncommon view amongst members of the Washington establishment, whether they're partisan or like Morrell, more of nonpartisan figures, to look at Hillary Clinton as a safe, traditional figure and Trump as someone who outside the, the, the mainstream and, and, in, and in case of Morrell and others, someone they see as dangerous. Um, it's certainly helpful for Hillary Clinton within the establishment, but Trump's campaign is not predicated on winning over members of the establishment. And Trump has kind of a catch-all response to anyone who's been involved in American security policy in the last 20 years, which is, do you think the country's safe right now? Do you think we have good relationships around the world? Do you think that the Iraq war was a success? Uh, if you do, vote for the person who's got the support of the people who are the architects of those policies. Well, the support of states such as Georgia, New Hampshire, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Florida, isn't Donald Trump going to need those states in order to capture the Electoral College? There's not a path to 270 electoral votes that doesn't include Georgia. And there's no surprise that uh, Trump's had a horrible uh, fortnight. Uh, Clinton had a very successful convention by most conventional metrics. There's no surprise that he's down. He's down by a lot, and he's down in places that he needs to win in order to have a chance to get 270 electoral votes. He's having a, a better day today for a variety of reasons than he's had. Uh, but he's going to have to claw his way back into a competitive position. And if he, if he's not safely ahead in places like Georgia, that does not speak well for his chances of winning states like Pennsylvania and Ohio and Florida that he must win to get a 270 electoral votes. He's also f fundraising along with Hillary Clinton. Uh, give us an update on his fundraising because many people were surprised that he is pretty neck and neck. A very successful month, uh, in part raising big checks, but in part doing something that I had su was surprised he didn't do earlier, which is raise small dollars. One of my earliest uh, interactions with Donald Trump in the context of being a presidential candidate was four years ago when he toyed with running, and I went by his office, and his team showed me binders full of letters, handwritten letters that people sent him, urging him to run for president. That's the kind of passion and grassroots fervor that mine the right way can lead to what Trump accomplished last month, which is people sending in small checks. These are people who can continue to contribute because they've not hit the cap of individual giving, about $3,000. And they become invested in the campaign in a way that generally turns a lot of them into volunteers and advocates for him in, in their neighborhood. So Trump was going to be outspent, but he had a very good month, and that's encouraging, probably the most encouraging news of him he's had for the week. Mark Halpern, thank you. Host of With All Due Respect... Weeknights, 5 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, D.C. This is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, what to do with your money. I was speaking with Chuck Lieberman. He is the chief investment officer and managing partner for Advisors Capital Management. He says people are overly negative about the economic outlook. 